Hey there, thank you for joining us here at IED Sports. Today we're talking about the U.S. men's national team and some Major League Soccer picks. Abbreviated Major League Soccer week, only four games. We got three of them right on our previous show. We're not going to talk about that today, though. We're going to talk about the U.S. men's national team, Alex, which is where we're going to start. Yeah, three games in eight days. Uh, what a roller coaster week it's been for U.S. national team. But at the, at the end, six points out of three games, you'll take it, and we'll move on. Not the best, but it's about as good as I think we would have hoped for. I think this time, two, uh, four years ago, we definitely would have uh, taken six over three. Let's start with United States versus Jamaica. It was a very one-sided game. The U.S. won 2-0 and uh, had 61% possession, 17 shots, seven of them on target in what was just a dominant performance, and the week got started off right, Alex. Yeah, Jamaica, a lot of guys did not make the Jamaica trip, uh, didn't want to be on the national team, whatever the politics were over there. So this was Jamaica's top team. They're really struggling towards the bottom of the of the of the group when it started and uh, this is a big game for us at home uh in playing in austin texas uh great crowd ricardo pepe with two goals uh one from sergina des nice cross another from brandon aronson who's playing in for pulisic on the left side uh with a tap in to make it two nothing they should have scored more in my opinion but they played well walker zimmerman was really good in the back for this uh yeah. this is this is a pretty good this is the performance everyone wanted to see united states going forward i mean it still could the finishing still needs to work on crossings from the wings need to be worked on but in this game against jamaica they were much better you know everything from possessions to the, the score line and R- ricardo pepe continues to get better and better uh you know with him in a lot of the united states has undefeated him two goals here that strong presence up front continues and that's why united states got the three points and moved on that was a very good beginning to the week. Now we're going to talk about the lineup and some of the changes, some of the tactical things. Uh, maybe may talk a little bit about our best 11 players who performed well and players who didn't. But first, let's jump into uh, the the midweek catastrophe. The 1-0 loss to Panama that had all the pundits and all the Twitter sports analysts saying, Burhalter's got to go and this is the worst we've ever played. Tell us MLS what you saw guys, at, at the MLS guys. Oh, the hatred for the MLS guys. Oh, yeah. Twitter was, 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 was. Well, uh, Burhalter gambled. Again, don't forget, this is the youngest U.S. team we've ever had. I think one of the youngest, I think, in uh, any country that's has, going for World Cup class, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds starting in major lineups. You're going to get some growing pains in CONCACAF on the road, no matter what everyone thinks, from Euro snobs to the non-major soccer people that follow soccer in this country. It is incredibly difficult to go on the road to win in CONCACAF. Even Mexico has slipped yes. up already. They've tied Canada at home, for example. But in this case, I mean, going to Panama, Burhalter, you know, the three games in eight days, the new term in the last few years is squad rotation, uh, load management, stuff like that. Burhalter decides in this game, I'm going to pack it in. I'm going to play for the tie. I'm going to make seven new changes after the dominant performance of Jamaica, which raised a lot of eyebrows. Now, Western McKinney was one of the wins. I think he was hurt, so we'll, we'll slide. We'll let yeah. that slide. But if you look at this lineup, there was a lot of people were questioning, whoa, what's going on here? Jesse Zaris was up front. Pepe was on the bench. Uh, you saw McKenzie instead of Miles Robinson in the back. I think that had a little something to do with it. Kellen Acosta in. Uh, uh, Tyler Adams out, for example, stuff like that. And uh, in this game, they only had four shots, none on goal. They looked listless. They looked uh, the sense of urgency was not there. Reminded me a lot of the Trinidad game last year. Sometimes you can't expect to just put on the U.S. jersey and expect things are going to happen. And this young team, a little lesson on here, they were outplayed. They were out hustled by Panama again on a set piece on a corner kick. Matt Turner, who 
to me, uh, the, and the Jamaican game was very good. Uh, this game against Panama on some set pieces and corners, he did not look the Matt Turner that we all know and love. Yeah. And and that goal that they scored was, uh, you can blame a bunch of things on this. Is it Matt Turner's fault? Is it poor marking? Uh, why is Jesse Zardes all the way back there? Blah, blah, blah. They didn't get the job done. The set pieces so far in the World Cup qualifier under Pearl Halter, defending and creating on U.S. is poor. They really need to work on that. And this game, Panama was better. They wanted a game more, and they got the one nothing result. Now, listen, in this CONCACAF group, if you're going to lose a game on the road, one nothing is the best way because goal difference matters. Like, you see yeah. some of the other results. Honduras lost 4-1. Panama yesterday lost to Canada 4-1. Those plus minuses, you look at the U.S. plus minus with that 4-1 Honduras win in the earlier rounds is really helping out right now. And U.S. right now stands in second place. Going into this game after this, you know, uh, Panama game, I don't want to jump in, but after this Panama game, the pundits are wild on Twitter and social media. Burhalter's head, all the MLS guys are poor. And notwithstanding, Kellen Acosta was not good. Sebastian Legette was not good. Jesse Zardes was poor. They were not good in this game for every, for whatever reason, going on, you know, on the road in Congo, they just weren't ready for this game. And Burhalter, I think, got this wrong. He went for, a, he, he did the squad rotation and he tried to play, I guess, for the tie and it really backfired him and the U.S. Uh, took a step back in this game. Absolutely. For all the hate against Major League Soccer, the goal score for Panama was Anibal Godoy from and Nashville. And he was the best player. Like, and he, I think he was the best was. player on the field. And I think he was the best player on the field in that game. Of, of both teams, Godoy was probably the best player on the field. Let's finish up with some good news at the very, very end of the week, and that is the 2-1 win over Costa Rica. We had 63.7% possession to Costa Rica's 36. That is a dominant performance. 12 shots, 5 on target. That is more shots on target than they had in the previous full Panama game. Costa Rica. Let's talk about it. Well, let's go back to Burhalter Again, he goes back to a better lineup. The lineup that everyone thinks is probably the best lineup he had with the players available. Remember, Pulisic is out, Rain is out. Uh, but in, in, the in fairness, the more players played in this game because it was in the United States, not in Panama. There were travel restrictions yeah, I've, I've that did handcuff said, him. Yes, some players could not make the trip over. to Yes, uh, Robinson was one of the players. I think Europe, England base was not allowed to make the Panama trip. We should have brought that up. My bad on that though, because it's on the red zone list on travels. But in this game, Burholter went back to his best lineup. Uh, this is a lineup I think on paper was the best lineup that we had in camp. Besides the injuries, you know, I'm just mentioning uh, Pulisic, Reina, and, and Brooks in the back. And uh, 30 seconds into the match, or uh, the one thing I did raise a lot of Zach Steffen got the start. Now, Zach Steffen is, is the Manchester City backup goalie, has not played a lot in the last few months. I think Matt Turner's uh hesitancy on the on the corner case of set pieces in the Panama game, I think made Burhalter decide to go with uh Zach Steffen in this game. And 30 seconds in the match, you're already questioning Burhalter Costa Rica on a fluke play, like an in between ball in between defenders. No poor marking going in the box. Zach Steffen stall in between hops. Where's the ball going to go? Is it going to deflect or not? And the ball goes in. Costa Rica is up one nothing, barely 90 seconds of the match. And all of a sudden, we're like, uh oh, what's happening here? However, this young squad got a lot better, a lot quick. Seeing Serginio Destin uh, later in the first half on the top of the box after what a, what a buildup for the United States. I think it was six, seven, eight, nine passes in a row, starting from the goal kick all the way, all the way down the field. It was like a, a work of art. All of a sudden, Desk gets the thing in the top upper right-hand corner with his left foot. Boom, upper corner. The, the announcer called it a thunderbolt, and I think that's the best way to describe this <laughs> shot. That made it 1-1 at the 35th minute, and right away, with the, you saw the, the, the roster of the United States. Uh, I think oldest player was Anthony Robinson at 24 years of age. Yeah, I think the yeah, youngest player for wild. close – 
The youngest player for Costa Rica, I do believe, on the field was 26 years of age. They had guys that were 38, 34, uh, 37 years old. This is this is not the same Costa Rica four years ago that that knocked us out. You know, at the Rebel Arena, some of us were there, like me, that that knocked us. That those were games that knocked us out of World Cup. This is an aging roster. In this game, you saw there was a potential breakaway. Brian Ruiz on a Miles Robinson back pass that was terrible. Ruiz had a breakaway, and Miles Robinson, 15 yards behind him on an angle, caught him like not even before the top of the penalty box, which was even announced as a Costa Rica was totally gassed and if you notice the uh the u.s national team on the burr it's going to the gold cup and the nation's league cup they like to do the five subs they like to run you to death in the second half usually is when the united states get better with the younger guys coming in same thing happened here they wore costa rica yeah. out and all of a sudden second half late way on the right side takes a shot now navis the starting goalie one of the world's best goalies left at halftime which i think opened the door for the united states if navis is in that there i don't think that ball goes in but that's another story for another time who cares way with the great shot hits the creeper kind of hits off the post bounces in it trickles yeah. over the line us 2-1 they had many chances late costa rica was totally out of gas uh you saw matthew hoppy come in make a give a little spark you saw busio come in give a little spark from musa musa was much better in this game compared to the first two games looks like musa now is very comfortable as a playmaker in, uh, on the u.s nash team i like to give a shout out to that that was good and they're, they're, they're calling that the uh mma group it's uh I mean, musa you know, mckinney and adams the the, yeah, the trio it's it's in the, I think the, the highest age is 20 years old out of three if I'm not mistaken that's incredible now listen three games we wanted seven points we were greedy for nine but you'll take the six three on home you're on the road you want to take a point all right it doesn't matter you look at the standings after three games they're in second place behind Mexico and, and surprising Canada now who smacked Panama yesterday 4-1 now in third place Canada is going to get in in one of these four spots. I mean, the way they've been playing. They went to Mexico and went to the United States and got ties. And they got they, the hardest part of their schedule is basically over with the rest of the schedule. I'm seeing Canada getting in. And I think U.S., Canada, and Mexico, the three hosts for the next World Cup, or it looks like we're going to get into this World Cup is the way I'm looking around. We are now, uh, I think, at a 14-game schedule. We're now almost halfway through. Yeah. United States is ahead of last year's pace where they start off really slowly. So, you know, uh, the next big game is in November, home against Mexico at the new, at the new Cincinnati team. That is going to determine a lot. You're going to see a lot of what's going on with the United States and the Mexico rivalry. That should be a big game. We're going to talk about it then. Absolutely. Can't wait. Another thing I do want to point out, how uh, it all comes full circle in Major League Soccer because we had – um, this game now where Costa Rica was relying on Major League Soccer stars. The assist was Ronald Matarita uh, subbing in and maybe the future of this team. They should already hand over the keys because he's the best player possibly on the field for the team. Randall Leal subbing in at the 67th minute. You got to get him more time. Um, so we saw again Kendall Waston played a little later Very on in this game. Old. So it's, yeah. it's all connected there. I mean, when I saw Alvario Sabrio, he retired five years ago for the Costa Rican National Team. He's 39 years old. He came in in the 84th minute. I was like, that's all they have? I mean, I, I don't know what their under-23 squad is, but I would think. It, it kind of reminds me of you. They US need to go down to Jersey City no, FC it, it, and pull some players off the field because they got gas it, over there. It, it, it kind of reminds me of the United States, the last World Cup cycle. We kept the older players yeah. one cycle way too long. It looks like Costa Rica is making the same mistake. All right. So um, let's talk about some top performers here, Alex. Your I-80 Sports High Performance Players of the Week. Alex, forgetting we had the drop. I, was, I jumped the gun Come there. Right I got a little it. excited. I got a little excited when talking about Ricardo Pepe. Who, what's not to get excited about Ricardo? He's the first guy I want to talk about. The two goals that Jamaica set the tone for the United States to get you know those crucial three games to get the least six points. His two goals against Jamaica and his presence in the box. The you know every, United States has been looking for a goal, a, a, a main goal scorer up front, and it looks like this is going to be our guy going forward. We've had. 
a rotating door since Josie Altador. We've had Zardes. We've had, you know, since that crop maybe seven or eight years ago, we've been searching for that guy. I thought it was going to be Daryl DK, still maybe a player I prefer, but Ricardo Pepe, you know, DK flashed. Now we're Pepe, now Pepe flashed. Now it's off to the races to see which one of them can hold it for the long run. Maybe a little bit of both, but we, we got two uh, Major League Soccer guys here dueling it out to be head of the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, it's Pepe's job to lose right now because he's producing. As long as he, the ball's going into net and you're a forward, you're going to play. And right now, that's Ricardo's yeah. Pepe's job to lose. Next up, Sergio Dest with a uh, tying goal. Now, everyone was saying how spectacular it was. I think that that is, it's a great goal when you have the the thought to do that during a game and you actually try it and it falls off. But it doesn't look like something that like you wouldn't have done in practice messing around a couple times. It wasn't like... So spectacular to me. But don't forget, he's a righty, and that was a left-footed shot, man. That that is, I mean, that that's the first thing you want to notice. I mean, you know, and not only did the goal bring Costa Rica back, you know, tied the game over, but his runs down the the wing, yeah. the right side, yes. especially it's a Costa Rica game, creating havoc and putting Costa Rica on their heels, getting them tired, and attacking one on one. That's what we always want to see in the United States. We want to see uh, attacking soccer. This younger group, you know, Brendan Aronson on the left side, Pulisic plays like that also. They like to take guys one on one. And Sergio Dest is more to me. He's more of like a forward playing uh, wing back position than he is a. Uh, a, a, a left back or a right back, but you know his cross for Pepe and 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 his cross and Pepe against Jamaica was a was a, a perfect cross for the goal and the shot he scored against Costa Rica both critical times when the United States needed a big play and he made big play in a big spot and that's why he's on our list and it pays off because he he got the honor of being an I eighty Sports top performer this week and we're gonna finish up with Tyler Adams I mean we this this is kind of we, I mean, we know it at this point. He's the veteran. He's he's the checkbox. And I mean, maybe Dest and Tyler Adams might be the only two guys on this team that it's like, just write him in in permanent marker. He he's the most to me he's the most valuable player here because we don't have a backup. You saw Kellen Costa was very poor in the Panama game. I know he got killed on social media. He was bad. Okay, but he's not Tyler Adams. Who is Tyler Adams? That is the problem with Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams does get a tendency to get banged up playing in the Bundesliga. If he's not starting for the U.S. Nash team, the U.S. Nash team is not as good. You saw the Panama game when Tyler Adams didn't. He came in late in the game. I think it was a seventh minute uh, Berhalter sub minute. It was too late. It was too little, too late by then. What he does on the field, every 50-50 ball, challenging passing lanes against the other team. Uh, let's say. Uh, Robinson or Dester flying down the wings. He's good. He's right there to cover up. But there's a counterattack to yep. stop a counterattack. Fifty-fifty uh, balls. He's you know, and he's feisty. He's in everybody's face. He's the leader of this team. He's the, he should be the captain. Uh, he's like Captain Marin. Me to me, Tyler Adams underrated. He doesn't get on the score sheet, but what he brings to you as team, besides intangibles and toughness and just being all over the field uh, to make the team, the U.S. team better, and that's why he belongs on this list. You see, I, you saw what happened to Red Bull when he left. That been the same sense. I rest my case. And uh, so those are our top performers. Now we need to talk about some Major League Soccer because we have, I think, four. Most teams have four games left in the Major League Soccer season. We are hitting that home stretch now. The playoff picture is becoming clear, and it's time to make our bets. The I-80 Sports Toll Booth, where you can find the best bets of the week. And there were a couple. Now, I'm releasing my article tomorrow. I'll be finishing it up tomorrow morning, and that will be out for all of you. We will share it. Make sure you check idsports.com to see that article when it comes out. But the first game that me and Alex both circled. Now, we read our notes separately, and then when we compare them, we see what we have. And the first three games, the article writes itself. The Columbus crew are hosting Inter-Miami, and the Columbus crew, you can get them at minus 135 on a sportsbook. You need to lay a little bit of juice to get that money in return, but I think this is absolutely worth the investment. 
Something special happened in Columbus this weekend as the U.S. men's national team beat Costa Rica in a World Cup qualifying match. Columbus being known as one of the MLS originals and a favorite host town of the U.S. national team. They had fans, they had media, they had all the spectacle you would expect from a newly opened lower.com field. This week, crew play at home just, what, three days later, and they face Inter-Miami. That team has given up, uh, just given up on the season. They have lost five straight, including two games to New York Red Bull. How do you even manage that? They haven't scored in their last three matches and have scored a league low 25 goals in 28 games this season. Columbus Crew, I think it's a slam dunk. Yeah, I talked about it last week. I said Inter-Miami is done. I'm sorry, Inter-Miami fans, but your aging team is now ran out of gas. I mean, that's... Iguain is just... There's nothing left there in the tank. I mean, I'm sorry. Alex is going to come. Alex I'm from sorry. the Inter-Miami podcast is going to come on and talk a little I'm bit sorry. about his team a little later. And it, it won't be about the playoff picture. <laughs> I, I can I'm guarantee sorry. that. And Columbus really needs this game to get in the playoff race. Uh, I agree with you. The, the buzz in the city from what just happened, U.S. Nash team. Zardis didn't really play much yesterday. Uh, I think he came off the bench late, if I'm not mistaken. He played uh, 91 minutes. All for the men, U.S. men's national team since October 3rd. It's almost like a mini break for Giassi Zardes where uh, take take almost an, a two-week break, get rested up, get healed up. At this point, everyone's got a knock somewhere or another. The club and country has relied heavily on Giassi Zardes in the past, did not need to do it during this round of games. Um, and, you know, I think part of the crew's turnaround from the late summer slump involves Jossie Zardes. He had a span where he had three goals in two games. I think if he can get back in that form, he's healthy, he's fresh, and I think that's the key to the Columbus crew beating Miami this week. To me, if you're in a slump, you're needing a big point. Inter- you see Inter-Miami coming to your schedule right now, late October, yeah. early November, you're like, yes. I mean, that's, that's what Columbus is saying right now, and Columbus is going to get three points here. The get-right team. Exactly. Now... We have one team, Columbus and Inter-Miami. Their rivals are also playing this weekend, and that's the second in my uh, pick Cincinnati FC is hosting Orlando City, and I'm taking Orlando City at plus 130. Since he's five points behind every other team in Major League Soccer and will win the Wooden Spoon again this year, Austin, Toronto, and Cincy are all within you know that five-point range for the wooden spoon and all three of them have home games this week. I think Toronto and Austin are going to look to move up and avoid that distinction. Orlando won their first matchup with Cincinnati back in May 3-0 with goals by Akindele, Mueller, and Benji Mitchell. I think they will do the same in this game. However, we're going to add Daryl DK, who they didn't have in that first match. Let's get it. I talked about this last week and I'm going to say it again until I'm blue in the face. I don't care who FC Cincinnati is playing. I'm going against them. And when I see or I see a team getting plus odds on the road at Cincinnati, I start going, cha-ching. Orlando needs the points for home field advantage. Cincinnati, I know Chris Albright's there to change it. He can't change it in two weeks. Take Orlando with confidence. This one continue to do what I keep saying against Cincinnati, against Inter-Miami every week until they win, then you reevaluate. That is of all. the many places where... Orlando is better than Cincinnati. The one phase of the ball is set pieces and defending skilled player. Enter Nani. We haven't talked about his name yet, and I think he's going to have a lot to do with catching Cincinnati out of position. He's been a little banged up, and Orlando... He's a 1,000 years old. Well, you see the shape he's in. uh, If you ever follow Instagram or whatever, like on social media, he's still in pretty damn good shape. I know he's older, but 
since he's been injured or a little, you know, not as producing as much, you've seen Orlando take a little dip in the standings. They need this win. They, they're trying to get home field advantage in the first round of playoffs. They need these three points. That's why I'm taking them with confidence. I see a plus odds at Cincinnati. That's the, that to me, for a second, I thought it might be a trap game. No way. I'm taking Orlando and I'm with confidence this one. Again, go against Cincinnati, keep going until they win, then stop. Orlando can move up to third with a win and a Philly loss. And they are five points behind Nashville. If Nashville gets that coveted tie this week, it's one game away. So I think Orlando has everything to yeah, fight Philly, for. Philly got Montreal. That's not going to be an easy game. And, you know, the, in the situation Montreal, they just banned their supporter section. So there, there's a negativity going on in Montreal. There, and they need the points. They're like fighting for a playoff spot. So these are six point games. I keep telling, you know, I talk about this at the end of the season, six, yep. you know, win here separates you by the other team got the win. That's a six point difference. This is going to make a big difference after this weekend. We're really going to see a clear picture in the playoff race. And I can't wait to talk about it next week. The final game I have here is Houston Dynamo hosting the Seattle Sounders. Seattle Sounders are plus 185. Alex, we have a rule on this show. And when you get Seattle <laughs> Sounders at plus money, you take uh, it. Again, it's again another one of these. Uh, Seattle's home. You want to take them? You see plus odds at Houston. This isn't August where it's ninety-five degrees. I know it's hot in Houston, but now we're in October. So usually that was an excuse not to take you know a road team in Houston. That was always, even though you know no matter what they are in the standings, Seattle plus one eighty-five. It makes you think. Whoa, wait a second. I got to jump on this again. Someone knows something I nah, don't. Now I, I, I'm almost nervous to say this is the best bet of the week, but it might be the best bet of the week. I mean. Take Seattle with confidence and so, you know, what, plus 185, got to do it. I know it's on the road, but you have to do it. Have I have to. taken Seattle three of the last four weeks, including a game that you were on the opposite side, that road game against Sporting KC. That was at plus 260. I took that bet. We won. You don't turn back. Seattle isn't going to beat KC at home and then lose in Houston. Houston has historically had a great home field advantage. They're five, six, and three at home this season. That's not all that impressive. More importantly, the Dynamo have allowed 45 goals in 29 games while only scoring 33 of their own. Seattle will be without Ladero, possibly without the Roldan Dons, maybe even Raul Rui Diaz, who had that injury. However, I still think Will Bruin and Freddie Montero are going to be better than anything that Houston have to put on the field. And I think that Seattle, plus 185, it's it's a rule. That's going to be a rule on our show now. Whenever it's Seattle, what do you want to make it? Over plus 160, you have to bet on them? Just... Bet Plus one fifty. It's almost like bet Seattle almost every week. I mean, Jao Paulo is playing, so with confidence, take Seattle. Especially when you see plus odds. I mean, unless it's at New England or something, it was one of the times I will not be taking Seattle. But any other time, I'm going to take those odds. And this is one of those times. I'm sorry, Houston, but I think Seattle's Seattle's going to easily win this game. As my key to the match, I nailed some of the downfall on Houston this year on the regression of Tim Parker and the reliance on age. Maynor Figueroa, Darwin Quintera, Fafa Pico, who I found out he's only 30 years old. I thought he was like 45. He's having a pretty good year. Actually, he's having a half decent <laughs> year is, for them. It really is. I'll add him with the with the uh, geriatric crew here for, for all intents purposes of this article. The Houston Dynamo are fourth in Major League Soccer in lowest pass completion percentage, sitting around 77.1%. That's not good enough. And unfortunately for them, they're not going to be able to recover from turnovers unscathed against Seattle Sounders. Seattle's going to take advantage with a breakaway goal or put a little asterisk if you're looking for a little you know fan duel bet early denial card situation at home i think one of those two situations is going to happen um wow. houston is bad at recovery they like pulling guys down when they can't catch up to them and seattle sounders their play style matches up perfectly for this game 
Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I almost want to say this is the best bet of the week. I mean, look, this is a loaded weekend. I mean, there's games that you have to watch, like Colorado Rail, Salt Lake, and that's a derby. I don't. That's why I didn't want to talk about betting wise. Uh, we'll Nashville the, is a good game. Is, yeah, I mean, that, to me, that's got tie written all over it. If you want to throw a little scratch on something, Nashville always ties. I like tying that one. But you know, I, I didn't want to be our three best. And of course, the game will be at the New York Derby. Red Bulls hosting NYCFC. Bobby, want to talk about what we're doing this? Uh, this yeah, uh, we're having Sunday a tailgate. Morning? We're having our first official I eighty Sports Sunday breakfast tailgate. We're doing. Uh, who knows what's going to be there? There's going to be some some drinks to drink. There's going to be some foods to eat. Hopefully, we're going to get a little little breakfast theme going on. We're getting those details out right now. But if you want a ticket, you can come. Tailgate is absolutely free. Just bring something, and uh, you can join us. We'll be talking soccer there the whole afternoon that's at red bull arena at the parking lot right outside we're going to be grilling we're going to be talking soccer it's going to be a great time we have on our facebook discussion group we have a little invite you can go right there sign up let us know you're going tickets are going to be on you but you can get tickets on StubHub as cheap as 25 dollars. and uh you know whatever parking is going to be come right there. there there's no fee just hang with us and we'll talk some soccer I think you could just take the the path train from Harrison's right there and walk into the park into the tailgate if you're not you want to drive because yeah, the the park, new the glass blue yeah, path station is beautiful. Getting out of Red Bull Arena is just like wow when you're driving there. If you stay to the end, that, that that's all. I'll just throw that out there. Alex, I dropped a set on you today saying that Houston Dynamo is fourth in the league. Um, fourth from the bottom of the league with a 77.1% completion percentage on passes. Do you know who the worst team for completing passes is this Major League Soccer season? Cincinnati. The New York Red Bulls. Wow, all right.